Welcome to the Simpler Business Podcast, where we talk about ways to do what you love and serve your people in a way that brings you income and freedom. I'm your host, Marissa Roberts. Join me as I chat with my favorite entrepreneurs about how they simplify their biz so that you can simplify yours. We're chatting with Sarah Taylor today about communication secrets for authority and leadership. Sarah is the Chief Operations Officer at fast-growing company Conscious Education, the leading education and human transformation company for results-driven individuals. They aim to impact over 50 million people with their programs, products, and events. They believe with the right structure and the right education, every human can reach their full potential. Sarah is a sought-after performance coach for business leaders, an international speaker, and a 21-time world bodybuilding champion, which I think is amazing. Sarah considers herself a high-performance person and attributes the discipline and consistency of her physical training and nutrition as being the reason for accelerating her rise to the top in the corporate world while simultaneously growing her health coaching, bodybuilding coaching, mentoring, and speaking business. I think Sarah is a really great example of how we don't have to keep our work and our life separate in order to be successful. In fact, taking your passion in different areas and combining them can be a pretty powerful thing. Now, I'm really excited to talk with Sarah today about communication because a big part of succeeding as an entrepreneur comes down to whether or not we communicate well, including how effective we are at both speaking and listening, how we position ourselves as authority figures, and our ability to build know, like, and trust with our audience. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I'm very excited to talk to you. Can I just say, by the way, 21 times world bodybuilding champion. That's amazing. Well, considering it, all, it was all a complete accident as well. <laughs> yes. Yes, you could say that. <laughs> you kind of fell into it, right? Yes, absolutely. It, it really was a total accident. I was a beast when I was 40. I lost 25 kilos getting fit to climb a mountain and went through depression, pulled myself out of it. And in, in the process, got even fitter than when I was climbing the mountain and did a photo shoot for my 42nd birthday to reward myself for not quitting. And the photographer asked if I was doing the bodybuilding show, which I had no clue about. So I went along to the show, freaked out completely at all these ginormous, muscly women with fake hair, fake boobs, fake nails, fake tan, (laughs) sparkly bikinis and stripper heels. And then said to my trainer the next day, do you think I could do that? And he jumped around the gym in sheer joy. And 10 weeks later, I was a state state figure champion. Wow. Just goes to show that when you find something that makes you feel good or something you enjoy that you've got a natural gift for, really all it takes is wanting to do it and focus and you can achieve anything, really. (laughs) Well, that's right. You know, I was only going to do one show and then... (laughs) 21 world titles later, I'm still going. <laughs> it certainly snowballed. Well, I think that's an amazing story. I'm really, really, really interested in it. That's really cool. So we're going to talk about communication today in terms of building authority yes. and leadership. I'm yeah. very excited about that because I think a lot of us struggle as entrepreneurs with how we appear to our following or our colleagues or anybody that we come across because we wear different hats, right? When we're entrepreneurs, I think, well, from my experience, I've got young children at home and I'm still in that stage where I'm juggling working in my own business with raising a family and I find having to wear those different hats at different times is quite interesting because the way that people I work with perceive me as a person is very different to the way that say my family perceives me and so I actually I have more luck getting people to do things in my business than I do at home with my children and I wonder is I don't think you'd be the only person on the planet who's in that situation I'm sure many parents (laughs) would agree with you completely (laughs) oh good good well that makes 
makes me feel better. So in your words, why do you think effective communication is really, really important in terms of authority and leadership? Well, primarily, I guess if, if you're like a small business, you're starting a, a small business and stuff, and you need to, particularly when you're getting to the point where you need to raise capital or you need to bring investors on board or you need to grow your business in ways that outside of your skill set, if you can't communicate your message and your vision effectively, then people are not going to buy into you and into your company. And actually, I think with being an entrepreneur, people do need to buy into you primarily before they'll buy into your business. So being able to get your point across in a way that people can understand it and believe you and instantly connect with you in a way that they trust what you're saying is absolutely critical. When you meet somebody for the first time, we've all heard the saying, you know, first impressions last. Well, they they actually do. And you literally have seven words to make a first impression on somebody. Wow. Which is not a lot. No. (laughs) You know, it really is not a lot. And so there's a number of factors that feed into that first impression when you meet somebody, particularly the intangibles in communication, such as body language, are critical. How you present yourself physically is being read instantly by the person that you're meeting. And you could be saying something, you could be the sharpest tool in the shed, so to speak. You know, you could have the best idea in the world, but if you're meeting somebody for the first time and you're you're looking to bring them on board or you're looking to get them to help you in some way, you can say everything exactly the right way and they could understand it. But if your body language is conveying something different, they will trust your body language over what you're saying. And this is because with communication, there's a hierarchy of importance of elements of communication. So words only form 7% of communication. The tonality or how you say it is 35% of communication. And the rest of the remaining part of communication is your body language. So physiology and how you present yourself actually is the most important thing in communication. So somebody will have formed an impression of you or judged you because we all judge. I mean, we all just do it naturally. You know, we all form an impression based on your body language. And then that automatically colors everything else that happens. And this one is particularly for women. And unfortunately, I have to say, but women particularly, you really need to monitor your tone of voice as well, because the lower the tone of your voice and the slower that you speak, the more authority you'll project. So although you might have the best idea in the world and you might be super excited to explain it to somebody, but if you start talking really, really fast and really, really high pitch like this, people are not going to buy into it because the speed at which you speak projects nervousness. The slower you speak, the more confidence you project. So the lower you speak and the slower you speak, the more authority and confidence you project. I run training sessions on this because it's so absolutely critical. And like I say, communication is not just the words that you say. Yeah, that's really amazing because it reminds me of when I was doing over-the-phone sales, for example. When I first got taught how to do it, I was in the corporate field at the time, and I remember right at the beginning, I have a natural tendency to have a very high voice and to speak quickly. And it's almost like I want to try and cram my words in before the next person says something right so that they don't miss anything. 
But I was terrible at sales for that reason because I think the vibe that I was giving off by speaking quickly and speaking high kind of gave off this vibe like there was something I was hiding, I was really nervous about something. And then as I got better at it with experience, my sales just skyrocketed because I was more even just, you know, like sitting back in my chair, more relaxed, not in a hurry to say anything. You're right. I think that's a really, really interesting way to look at it. Yeah, we've actually literally just run a tonality training for all of our customer service staff as well as our sales team because we literally did some secret shoppers on our, on our customer service staff to just to see how they were connecting with our clients and it was it was absolutely fascinating so on the back of that we've run a tonality training for all of our customer and client facing staff because when you're talking to somebody down the phone, they can't see you. They can't see what you look like or anything like that. So they literally the only thing they have to go on is how you're saying the words, the tonality and the speed and the pitch, and they'll form their judgment on that. I'm sure with your sales training, you were told to put a smile on your dial. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. you know, sales 101, put a smile on your dial. It absolutely translates down a phone. And there's a very good point you just raised as well. You said that when you were starting out with your sales, that you were speaking so fast because you just wanted to cram all the words in before somebody else spoke. Mm -hmm. That's another incredibly important part of communication and leadership is learning to actively listen. So give that space for the other person to think about an answer and then say the answer. If you just sit back, give the person space to speak and actively listen to what they say, because most of us just naturally do this. You're in a conversation and you're already thinking of your next thing before they've even said their words. Yes. You know, it's, it's literally kind of like a competition. I've, I've got to get my point across as quickly as possible. And I'll just think of what I'm going to say before you say your thing. Yeah. The person who controls the silence is the person who controls the conversation. Oh, I love okay? that. So if you're in a sales pitch, sit back, create the silence. It creates tension. People can't stand silence and they will fill the gap. They will fill the void. So the person who controls the silence controls the conversation. It's an incredibly useful technique in interviews, by the way. Yes. <laughs> the awkward pause, the power the of awkward the pause. pause. That's right. So silence is a very powerful tool in communication, but active listening is incredibly important when you're in that leadership role. You've got to be able to listen. You've, you've, you've actually got to have a very high level of self-awareness of your own, I guess, quirks and, and character traits. And you kind of have to put yourself aside, take yourself out of the equation and create that space for whoever you're with to be who they need to be. So with leadership, a lot of communication actually is about being quiet. Wow, that's amazing. I actually find too, even talking to you just now, I was a thousand words a minute when I was saying your intro in this episode. And now all of a sudden, after talking with you, I'm a lot calmer and slower just in everything I'm doing. So I think really it's a lot about the effect you're having on yourself, but it also, you're right, it really affects the other person too. Yeah. And do you think they notice or they Abs realize? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's called building rapport. And there's a number of ways you can build rapport. So you can do what's known as matching and mirroring. So for example, you could match your, your tone of voice to their tone of voice. You can match the pitch of your voice to their pitch of voice. You can match the speed at which you speak to the speed at which they speak. Um, you can match your body language. If you're in a, in a face-to-face -face situation where they can actually see you, you can match 
gestures. So, for example, um, you know, they, they might have a little nervous twitch and, and twiddle their, their pen with their right hand. You might have your pen on the desk and, and twiddle it on the desk with your left hand. It's, you know, you're kind of, that's called crossover mirroring. Mm-hmm. They're doing something and then you're doing something as well. And, and they'll, pick, they'll unconsciously pick up on this and go, oh, oh, they're doing the same thing with their pen. They're like me. Oh, they must, they must be great. They must be fabulous. So building rapport is incredibly critical. And again, this is, a, this is something that, you know, you can learn it, but straight away matching your voice to somebody else's is very, very critical. And you've said that you've gone from a million miles an hour to slowing down. That's because I'm sitting back in my seat and I'm giving you the space and I'm not sort of, I'm not talking over the top of you. I'm letting you do the talking and then just allowing you to be. And because I'm giving you that space, you've naturally just relaxed into who you are. So you're more authentic as well. That's really cool. So when we're talking in terms of body language, do you think it makes a difference whether or not you're in person or on video? Because I know a lot of our listeners do a lot of video work as part of their business. Absolutely. I practically live on Zoom (laughs) these days. You know, a lot of us do now. You know, we're all on Zoom now. And absolutely it translates. Yeah. I suppose that makes sense whether we're 2D or 3D. It's the same thing that we're viewing with our eyes really, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what areas do you think effective communication will really help in a business? We've talked about sales so far, and I know you mentioned talking to potential investors. What other areas do you think effective communication really apply for entrepreneurs and business owners? Hiring people. Mm -hmm. You know, as you're growing your business, you're going to have to hire people. So yes, again, being able to sort of explain the vision and be the person that somebody might want to work for is incredibly important. So, so definitely in, in the hiring as you're growing your businesses, it's crucial. If your business is more mature, then as, as a manager or a team leader, you know, if you're doing sort of reviews on your team, you've got to be able to get your point across in a way that doesn't sort of shame or, or, or blame somebody. If, if a person is not coming up to scratch with their performance and stuff, you've got to be able to talk to them in the way that is kind of third party and a bit more objective without blaming them, um, mm. but also sort of reassures the person that potentially, you know, their job is safe, for example. So definitely talking to team members, you know, managers really, really do need to understand communication at, at this sort of deeper level. Where I got my training from is I did NLP. And once, once you've done that, you really start to see that the levels of communication is so multifaceted. I'm not even scratching the surface of the surface right now with what I've told you. Wow. And for the listeners who haven't heard of NLP before, Neuro Linguistic Programming, is that Correct, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll leave a link into the in the show notes for more information on that one, guys. I think, too, it's really easy to get caught up in the day-to-day running of your business or the day-to-day managing of your people or just ticking off as many tasks as you can on your to-do list. And I think for a lot of us, effectively communicating, while we know it's important, it, it doesn't seem to fall high on the priority list unless there's really something in it for us to lose. So I guess my next question would be, if you're not actively paying attention to your communication skills, what are the sorts of things you'd be risking my, my guess would be lower sales or staff turnover. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely correct. In, in a sales environment, yes, lower sales. You won't be able to close your sales. Even how you walk around the office 
you're communicating and you probably don't even know it, but your staff will pick up on exactly your state of mind and state of being as you walk around the office. So you actually have to pay attention. You have to be on 24-7 because if you're in a bad mood, you can bet your boots, everybody else around you will pick up on it. And yeah. if, if you're constantly in that sort of stressed, very raw sort of kind of energy, that will project and it will just create an environment that people don't want to be in. And yes, it could ultimately feed into staff turnover. Another thing is if you're not particularly self-aware and you're not particularly aware of your own behavioral traits and characteristics and how you come across to other people, you might say something to somebody and feel that it was totally reasonable. Mm -hmm. But the person who you've said it to might perceive that you're picking on them or you're being a bully. Yeah. And that can create a toxic environment, which, again, people might want to leave. Yeah, that's really interesting to think that it's not really relevant what your intention is when you're talking to somebody. It's how they perceive what you're saying to them that really counts. And all of their life experiences or their past experiences with you would feed into how they're perceiving that communication yeah. as well. well and, yeah. and in addition to that, it's not only their past experiences with you, it's their past experiences in their whole life. Yeah. So, for example, if if you just in a, it could be completely unguarded moment, you yelled at an employee because they did something wrong. That could set off all sorts of trains of thoughts in that person that you just don't know what's going on for that person and they might ultimately leave. Wow. But you might have just had literally just had a a random unguarded moment where you just said something and then you completely regret it. And even if you come back to them later and apologize, too late. It's too late because that, that perception and all of the unconscious, I guess, memories and triggers that have been brought up in that person are very real to that person. This is why understanding yourself as a leader at a deeper level and having empathy with the person you're with is critical. So as, as a leader, you need to be able to place yourself in the other person's shoes. You literally need to be able to place yourself in the other person's shoes and kind of look back at yourself and go, oh, is that how I'm coming across? Mm. It's, a, it's a skill that takes, you know, it takes, it takes time and effort to develop. Yeah. Well, speaking of developing skills, where do we start if we're thinking, okay, we need to work on our communication, but it's not something that we naturally think of as part of our workday. Do you have any little activities that work really well in that only, you know, take a couple of minutes or something that you find that you do on a regular basis that helps you out? I guess the thing, the main thing that I do is when I'm with somebody or meeting somebody for the first time, I'm very conscious of sitting back, being open and authentic, but sitting back and giving them the space to, I guess, come forward. Mm. Yeah, I would say that's probably, probably what I do most or best is give people space to be who they need to be. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, I do have an interesting question that I get a lot from sole traders, you know, people who are the solopreneur or the only one working. Yep. How important is it to be beautifully presented when you're doing things like video marketing or you're present in front of maybe you're doing a, a speaking from the stage? Um, there seems to be two different camps when it comes to how you present yourself when you're communicating with potential buyers. And that is, do you need to be perfectly well-groomed and look your best or can you be yourself and put in a little less effort and will that make you more relatable? I have no idea if one is more effective than the other in terms of communication. Have you got any insights on that? I don't necessarily think one or the other is more effective. What is key 
is that you are authentic. People can spot a fake a mile off. So if you're trying to impress somebody by, oh, I've got my nice suit or whatever, look great. If you are the slightest bit uncomfortable in that attire, it will absolutely translate to who you're with. Oh, yes. You know, so you've got to be authentic. And like I say, this is, this is what people pick up on the most is authenticity. Be, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe just get a little bit smarter, but whatever, you, whatever attire you're wearing or how you present yourself, make sure that you are 100% comfortable in what it is that you're doing or wearing so that you, you are free to be use yourself. Yeah. Because if you're worried about, oh, the suit's a bit tight and itchy or... or and you're fidgety. Yeah, you, you'll fidget. And, of course, any time that you're fidgeting, then that will straight away come across as nervousness and instantly whoever you're with will be on guard. Yeah. And, and just instantly they'll just be, oh, hmm, something off here, and they'll be sceptical and less yeah, receptive and I- to what it is that you, you're saying. And they might not necessarily know why they're put off, but they'll know that they feel that, put off. Yeah, that's right. It, exactly. There's, there's a very good chance they, will, they won't have a clue why they don't like this person, but the, it'll be a gut feel. They'll just go, mm, something off here, don't, not quite sure, and that's it. Wow. I feel like a lot of these tips are really about being able to communicate in a way that makes other people feel comfortable and confident and that also helps you feel comfortable and confident as well. Yeah. Well, if if you're comfortable and confident in yourself, that will just naturally project and it will automatically give the other person that you're with permission to be comfortable in who they are. Mm -hmm. Like I say, it's... Because so much of communication actually is nonverbal, you've got to be 100% aligned with yourself and comfortable and confident in who you are because what you want to project to somebody, you have to be it so other people see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. So then how do you do the combination? So you do a lot of corporate speaking and you also do the bodybuilding and they're two very different things. So do you find that you have two different personas when you're doing those things or do you have a middle ground that works for both in terms of communication that way? Do you have to change who you are depending on what you're doing and who you're in front of? It's kind of interesting because I attribute my rise in the corporate world to the discipline that was required from the bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And with bodybuilding and being on stage, and this is what I teach, this is what I teach my posing clients or, or my clients who go on stage is like, you've got five seconds to make a first impression. You can't talk to the judges when you're on stage. So they've only got your body language to go on. So I apply that lesson. Anytime I go into a new situation, that's the lesson I apply. Mm-hmm. So yes, the skills I learned from stage, I have applied in the corporate world. And because I'm so comfortable with it, I guess, because I'm so comfortable with being that stage persona, I can totally pull it off in the corporate world as well. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely helps then, yeah. It does. So so if I, what I I find is if I'm in a situation where um, I'm nervous or potentially could be unconfident, I switch into my stage persona because here's here's the weird thing. I get stage fright. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. Every time I go to stage, I'm, I'm completely nervous, but I mask it totally through my body language. So anytime mm-hmm. I'm in a situation where I potentially could be nervous, that's exactly what I do. I switch to my stage persona and, and mask it through my body language. 
And then because doing that is so familiar to me, it then kind of allows me to relax into the situation Mm-hmm. so that I then become sort of confident in who I am again. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it's I kind of, of, I kind of have this, I have this initial like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fake it, fake, fake confidence. Oh, I've done that before. Oh, that's all cool. I, I've got it now, you know, and then I am, then I am confident. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And I know a lot of people listening here kind of have that sort of double persona thing as well. And sometimes struggle with that, with their identity of who they are when they own and run businesses and, you know, when they're yeah. public presenting. I mean, that's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just me when I'm in the bodybuilding arena, you know, everybody knows who I am and, you know, I'm just an authority. So I don't need to kind of march around with my chest puffed out going hey look at me on a thing because people just know yeah so again that allows me to just relax and be who I am and just be the authority and then I guess in the corporate world because I've been gosh in corporate for such a long time again it's it's such a familiar environment I don't need to pretend yeah that's really cool thank you so much for sharing all that with us today Sarah that's been really really helpful and already I'm like I need to go and do some NLP I need to work on my tone I need to slow down and sit back when I talk to people I'm really excited to look into that more and speaking of looking into things more for our listeners who might want to see more from you where should they go um, you can find me on LinkedIn as uh, Sarah Taylor COO. And um, the Instagram for Conscious Education is Chris M. Duncan. And that's on Instagram. Wonderful. I'll make sure we've got links in there so everyone can follow through from the show notes nice and easy. I've had such a fun conversation with you, Sarah. This has been really, really insightful and very, very interesting. So thank you so much. Well, how about I leave your listeners with a, a couple of things that they can instantly implement? Oh, yes, please. Well, f- first thing first is match your match your tone to the person you're speaking to, match your pitch of voice to the person you're speaking to, match the speed at which you're speaking to the person you're speaking to, and actively listen. That's quite a hard one for a lot of people. So when they say something, listen all the way through to the end with 100% of your attention, and then think of your answer. I know that that's not natural for a lot of us. We're waiting for a <laughs> I know. Trying that's to get why, that's why it's the other person to stop. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be really fun to try. And I think that people will see nothing but positives as a result. They don't even have to be perfect at it in order to see a benefit from giving it a go, right? Yep. Thank you so much, You're Sarah. You're absolutely welcome. And I hope everyone listening today has enjoyed the episode as well. And I will see you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Simpler Business Podcast. If you did, please subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to make it nice and easy for you, just the way we like it. If you're ready to simplify and scale your business, you can get started with my free audio class at marissaroberts.com. See you next time.